0: interviews, analytics and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. This is episode 57 of Boston Loose Baseball. With Toby Altizer, I'm Grant Paulson, and we are happy to be talking Nats baseball
1: with you again. What's up, Toby? Nothing much, good to be talking about the prospects looking ahead to the draft, the Nats sitting in a good spot to get a really good player. So I'm excited to see what Teddy Cahill has to say about some of these prospects and who the Nats might end up with.
0: Speaking of prospects, though, wanted to start the show by looking at Eric Longenhagen of Fangraphs, new rankings that came out that he did. He's always someone who follows prospects and prospect rankings closely and doing a show on MLB Radio where we dive into the minor leagues quite a bit. Um, I will say I always like Fangraphs because they are not afraid to be different. And, and their perspectives oftentimes is more, I don't want to say more about performance than projection, but I do think they weight like how players are actually performing in the numbers and, and some of the performance more than maybe just the profile and the potential. I think they bake it all into the conversation for sure. Uh, but I, I just like that their ratings are often unique at a time where everyone ranks and you, you can't have someone ranked 11 that normally is two or three because it'll look too wacky. I just think that they're uh, unique thinkers and and they don't suffer from kind of that herd mentality that sometimes we fall into. But with that caveat out of the way, I, I always like to say these rankings are you know, all unique and kind of their own and, and they don't mean a ton, but it's just fun and instructive. Uh, I like information and, and he's got a lot of it in his new rankings over at Fangraphs. James Wood, not surprisingly, the number one prospect in the system for the Nationals. Baseball America actually just came out with a top 100 on Wednesday and they had James Wood number five in their new top 100. He's getting a lot of love after breaking out in his first week here in double A's. Just had an unbelievable season for the Nationals, mostly in a pitcher friendly environment before the recent promotion.
1: Yeah, I think the cool thing from the Fangraphs article uh, he says, it's amazing how sentient his feel to hit is considering his age and size and his all around offensive potential has Sistine Chapel ceiling. So, I think a lot of people are starting to see that this guy could be an absolute superstar, and it's good to see that people are really getting on board with the James Wood train. We talked a lot about James Wood a couple
0: of pods ago. I don't think we can risk talking about him too much. Uh, we were blown away. It is just incredible to see his size and his body type. It almost seems weird to talk about like a, a person's body structure, but in sports, you know, normally athletes kind of look similar. He does not. His shoulders are you know, are very, very wide, and he's got very long arms, and it, it just, it's not a baseball body necessarily, but he's going to be in that kind of Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton ilk in terms of height and overall size while being really good in the batter's box. There's, there's just not that many guys like that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, right now is the time of a tall baseball player, right? A big guy, Aaron Judge, six eight. you got Ellie De La Cruz who made his Debut this week, 6'6". O'Neal Cruz, who's injured right now, but he's 6'7". James Wood is 6'6", probably not done growing. He'll probably finish up somewhere around 6'7". So, I mean, right now is an era where those guys didn't used to play baseball, but now they are, and I think that's good for the game. I was in the National League dugout at the Futures game last year. I get to do the
0: uh, sideline reporting and and the in-game broadcast for the Futures game every year. And I just remember talking to Mike Sosha that day, but some of the other coaches and people that were involved about how big the the rosters were. And specifically that NL clubhouse. I mean, Corbin Carroll was tiny. And he now obviously is a frontrunner for NL Rookie of the Year. But he looked like a bat boy or a child in that dugout, in that clubhouse. I watched most of the game sitting right next to Ellie De La Cruz on the bench, you know, up on the top step, and I couldn't have been a cooler, nicer guy, to, by the way. What, what a great experience that was. Just a, a really big personality, loves baseball. He came off the bench in the game, so he spent a lot of innings just kind of chilling next to me. But I'm telling you, that the size of the players in that game, Jordan Walker and some of these dudes, the average height it felt like in that clubhouse was like 6'4". It was just crazy. I mean, the game has changed to your point.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's we a good know- sign
0: Brady House is getting love. Brady House yep. is number two on the fangraphs list, Toby. Uh, I-, I like that. I think people are sleeping on Brady House a little bit. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I checked last night, I think it was, and it was around a 315 average and a-, a 920 or something OPS on the year. He's had a hell of a season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see him getting some love again because. At the end of last season, he falls out of the top 100. You wonder, maybe something's really wrong there. Obviously, had the injury concerns, but having come back from that injury, he's back to mash in the baseball. And I mean, another guy that's big, 6'4", 215, another guy that maybe isn't in your regular mold of a third baseman. I'm excited to see what he can continue to do. I'd expect at some point this season he'll move up a level, maybe out to Wilmington, and just see if he can continue to develop because these two guys at the top, I think, have really – high potential with their bats in the major leagues and the reports for him defensively have been pretty
0: good from what I've gathered I know he's got seven errors on the season but sometimes the hit versus error in the minor leagues and I don't care a whole lot about that I'm not sure if Long and Hagan said anything specifically about his defense but I feel like we knew he wasn't going to play short he was too big for the position they were going to move him over to third and I feel like that transition's going pretty well
1: yeah and it he says here he not only looks like a sure bet to stay at third base, but it's potentially an impact defender there. So, yeah, he's he's improved defensively. He's going to help you at third base. And I'm really excited to see what his bat can do. I mean, hopefully he can fill the void that Carter Kiboom wasn't able to fill at third base. And I think that if he can do that, you've got a lot of the infield locked up for the foreseeable future with Abrams and Garcia. And then if you can add house into the mix in the next couple of years, you can get excited about that infield.
0: Wood, by the way, is going to turn 21 years old in a few months. Brady House just turned 20. He's in Fredericksburg. He should be in Wilmington, as you said, here soon. Uh, The number three prospect on the list is Cade Cavalli. He's out with Tommy John, which is a shame. We saw him pitch in the big leagues once last year, left that start, well, pitched in that game, and then we found out afterwards um, that they were going to have to. You know, slow roll him. He didn't pitch again the rest of the season. And then he got hurt in spring training this year and needed TJ. So hopefully he'll be back early next season. Cavalli's just kind of been a forgotten man, to be honest. But I'm still very high on him. I and mean, he's going to be a part of this rotation for years to come. Uh, it was great to see him get to the big leagues and make his debut. But I really think he's mostly still a well kept secret. And people don't know the potential here. He struck out. 105 batters in 97 innings in AAA last year. Had a mid three ERA after a slow start to the season. He'll only be 25 next year. I mean, he's going to be a mid rotation arm for them.
1: Yeah. And one thing that I think is good for him is. Before you made some of these trades over the last couple of seasons, this was the guy that was supposed to be your ace going forward, or at least a really frontline starter for you. But getting Josiah Gray and the Scherzer deal, getting Mackenzie Gore in the Soto deal, those guys are kind of the frontline guys now, the guys that everyone knows. And Cavalli, when he comes up, he's still going to be hyped and people are going to be excited, but maybe the expectations got lowered a little bit because if he ends up being a number three starter for you, I think that's totally fine. We're walking our way through the FanGraphs prospect rankings of the Nats.
0: They put out a new top twenty. They had Christian Vaquero ranked number four on their list overall. Vakero is actually really interesting, and he's a guy that does not get nearly the attention of a lot of the other Nationals prospects. And I just think it's because you know the people that talk about prospects and rank things have not had the same access to him. Uh, He was not stateside last year. Uh, I was told that they kept him uh, over. Um, so that he didn't come over playing in the Dominican League because they didn't want uh, him to have to pay a bunch of taxes. He would have paid millions of dollars, so they they didn't ask him to come over. He's now stateside playing in Florida in the FCL. He's played a couple games this week. He's just 18. He's a switch hitter. He's got above-average power with an average hit tool. He can really run. Pipeline grades him as a 70 runner. He's got an arm that's above average. You know, All five of the tools grade out at least 50 and the majority of them are 55 or better carrying tools, probably the to run with power second, but the Nats instead of divvying up the pool that you spend on players back in 2022, you know, so normally you can, you know, give uh, they had a 5.1 million or something like that to spend. And you could go spend it on eight guys or whatever. They took 4.9 of it and sunk it right into vaquero alone and made him the highest signee in the class. And then they had a, a couple hundred thousand dollars left over to do what they wanted. But they bet big on him. They have high hopes for him. He hit about 260 in the Dominican League last year with one home run and 17 steals. Very, very excited to see him get to Fredericksburg at some point later this season.
1: Yeah, and just a little bit of a background on myself. I was out in Milwaukee for quite some time, and we saw a guy that's similar to this that really broke onto the scene as now one of the top prospects in all of baseball and Jackson Churio. He just kind of came out of nowhere and just started mashing the baseball everywhere. And maybe that's something that you could see here with Ricaro is once he gets it kind of figured out, he's still very young. He's got all the tools you could ever want. Once he gets it going, gets it figured out a little bit more, you could see him really rise up these rankings and be someone that. We're talking with James Wood and some of these guys. I'm pretty excited, though, when you look at just the outfield in general. I know we'll get to some of these guys in a little bit, but you got James Wood, you got Vaccaro, you've got Robert Hassel, you've got Elijah Green. So hopefully they'll be able to develop a couple of these guys, and you can look at the future of this outfield as pretty exciting. The number five prospect in the Fangraph rankings
0: is Cole Henry. Henry, a now- Double-A arm. He had gotten to triple-A before being shut down, had thoracic outlet surgery, came back earlier this year, pitched twice in Fredericksburg, seven innings, 11 strikeouts, and just four hits. They bumped him up to A-plus Wilmington. He pitched eight innings of six-hit ball. He struck out five in those eight innings. So now 15 innings and 16 strikeouts this year against just 10 hits. He's got a 1.2 ERA in his first four outings. They have pushed him to double-A Harrisburg now. And the 23-year-old righty, the second-round pick out of LSU, who was the 55th pick in the pandemic draft in 2020, is back to knocking on the door of the majors. And hopefully we'll see him author the final chapter of his comeback story to get back to the big leagues uh, this season.